Welcome to the Dad Code Podcast, where real dads come for real talk and no BS. We are your hosts, Blake Melton and Bradley Newberry. Good afternoon, Bradley. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Blake. Wanted to say a good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you out there, wherever you may be. We thank you for taking the time to hit play or download episode number seven of the Dad Code Podcast. Mm, number and, seven. And can you believe we're in July already? I know, dude. It's flying by. Wow. As always. Older well, you get, the faster it goes. <laughs> well, let's tell the people what we got on the show. Yeah, Mind so today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some parenting philosophies, kind of a couple different you know, methods, you know, critically, you know, are, do you have your kids critically think about things or do you tell them to respect authority and just respect no, basically? So I think it's going to be a lively debate. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of our more interesting topics because I think it's, uh, I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with which one that to do and they don't really know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be so. interesting debate. We'll have, uh, in addition to the critical thinking topic, we'll also touch on uh, respect just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a new uh, episode of Noob's Knowledge, The Food Court, The Hot Sauce Review, but first, Blake's Blast. Let me tell you what burns my biscuits. It's people that eat loudly or chew with their mouth open. It's baffling to me that you would ever think that someone would want to go eat with you or, quite frankly, just be around you while you showcase showcase your masticated food right in front of them. It's not just, you know, smacking your lips or whatever. It's just having to listen to you swish food around your frickin' pie hole. And then give it a big gulp down your gullet at the end. Like something out of an ASMR video. It's freaking ridiculous. No one wants to hear that. Stop eating with your mouth open. Stop smacking your cheeks when you eat. It's gross. No one wants to hear that. No one. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. No one wants to go out to eat with you as a result of this. I'm embarrassed for you. All I got to say is the one thing that I always say to my son, to the kids I coach, to everybody, do better. This was a dad rant. All right, uh, you've been put on blast. I need to be careful when it comes to the hot sauce review. Man. Not, don't chew into the mic. Dude, come on. I. It's not, it, it's way more than that. I can tell you that. It's way more than that. But, uh, so, uh, first, before we get started, uh, I wanted to go ahead and shout out a, a company that uh, gave us some pretty good hospitality. I, I really appreciated their hospitality at the golf tournament, the MTCS Golf Classic. Uh, that you'll get to see very soon on our Fairways and Lies channel on YouTube. That's uh, the Dad Code in our Fairways and Lies series. You'll get to see that very soon. Um, 
Uh, American, authentically American is uh, a company that celebrates patriotism. They believe in the American worker and they honor American heroes. They're 100% veteran owned, American made, and competitively priced product. They, so they, it sounds to me like their, their big thing is, is they have a consumer side and then they have a side where uh, they take their products and they can put your brands on them. Uh, they have some pretty interesting products. I think they call it a sweat tea. Where yeah, actually, as you sweat, kind of the the background uh, has your logo built into it that you can only see it when it gets wet. Basically, it's really it's a cool. Product. It's really a, a dual logo tee. Yeah. You have the main logo. Um, if there's sweat or water presented mm -hmm. to the t-shirt, the secondary logo appears. Absolutely, I mean, it's pretty cool. We really like supporting businesses like this. We always want to, you know, obviously with July Fourth coming up, America is a big deal for us. So. We always like uh, supporting veteran-owned businesses and uh, businesses that just, you know, spread the uh, the American ethos, you know, of, of being a being patriot, having good patriotism, uh, believing the, in the American worker, and honoring our American heroes. So yeah, I'd be happy to tell everyone where you can find them. I mean, you can check them out on their website, authenticallyamerican.us, where um, you can go now and use the promo code. Made in USA for 20% off of all of your orders. Again, that promo code is made in USA. Absolutely. Go check them out. July 4th is coming up. Authentically American. All right. Segment number one. Here we go. Parenting philosophies, Newberry. So critical thinking yeah. is something that... Uh, I think it's going to be very important that we define exactly what we're talking about here because I think a lot of I think a lot of parents actually um, they use this strategy. I don't think they realize it, but I think they got to know what they're what they're getting themselves into here because I think there's some slippery slopes that, that we've come across. So yeah, um, so. Per usual, let me start out with the definition of some things that I found around critical thinking. Uh, critical thinking uh, boils down to the analysis of facts to form a judgment, make a decision. Uh, critical thinking is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored, and self-corrective thinking. It entails effective communication and problem-solving abilities. Mm -hmm. So, um, you'll see. So, the self-discipline and self-monitoring part of this is. I think is the slippery slope. That's really where we, as parents, have to be sure that we're we really know what we get ourselves we're getting ourselves into. Um, so the example of using critical thinking as a parenting tool, uh, the example that I I would like to use is, you know, uh, if you have a son or a daughter, right now it's July, just about, and so it's hot. And you want to use your, uh, or excuse me, you want you want to have them choose their own clothing that they wear that day. Say they want to wear sweatpants or jeans and a sweatshirt and a jacket over it. That's what that's what they choose. You know that they're going to be hot. And they're going to burn their ass off. But that's what they really want to wear. So 
as a parent, the example is, is you, is you give them the information that, look, it's 95 degrees outside. You can wear that. You're going to get too hot. And then you, then you have them, you're going to say, you're going to, you're, they're going to learn their lesson as a result of that. You know, so it's, it's letting them figure it out, you know, giving them the information, letting them make their own decision, but then having them understand why they should have made a different decision. So that, that's kind of the, the example of, of using critical thinking as a parenting tool that I can think of that, that works the best. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and doing research around critical thinking, um, I found an interesting diagram um, that can be used for all of us, no matter the age, um, stage of life, of course. Mm -hmm. um, it says when it comes to critical thinking or even just trying to practice or make yourself better, it says uh, consider this. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? And uh, just some questions that you can think about whenever maybe you're having a conversation with your significant other, mm -hmm. when you're having a conversation with your children, or maybe even before we have those conversations, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. as dads husbands we're trying to formulate how do we present this topic to the other person think of yeah. these things you know but for example let me tell you about the who in the who category is what you want to think of is who benefits from this who might this be harmful to who makes decisions around this in the what they're trying to make us think of what are some of the strengths and weaknesses what are some of the pros and cons to mm -hmm. what we're thinking about mm -hmm. Uh, where where would you see this fitting in into your life? Yeah. Um, when w when would this be acceptable or unacceptable? When would this benefit the family? Yeah. Uh, why? You know, why is this a why are we talking about it? Why is this a problem? Yeah. Yeah. And then how? You know, how can we bring this subject up effectively? How can we yeah. talk about it correctly? Yeah, and I think that with this particular strategy, it is important to communicate effectively with your child because this is really what we're talking about. These are parenting strategies. And we'll, we'll talk here in a little bit about communication with your spouse or significant other uh, about this, about the strategy itself. But uh, I think all of those questions, <clears throat> that is paramount. To be able to get your child or, or whoever it is that you're trying to uh, co-parent here. Um, it could be a niece, could be a nephew, whatever, little cousin. But it's paramount to have that information and to be able to give it to them, to have them make the informed decision. Because, I mean, if they don't know the who, what, when, where, why of all this, you know, what are they getting themselves into? If it's if they you, what you want is you don't want them to just go off of a carnal instinct, a basic instinct. You want them to have you want them to know the reason why they're they're doing this, whatever it is, wearing a sweatshirt in ninety eight degree mm -hmm. heat. And you want them to know that there is a consequence to that potentially. And if they're okay with that consequence, it's okay, as long as they understand the consequences. The who, what, when, where, why. They understand that it's 98 degrees. 
They don't care if they get hot. Maybe they don't get hot. You know, maybe they don't maybe sweat they don't. a lot. Maybe they're one of these people that just is cold. You know, when it's 100 degrees out, I'm married to one of those. I've got a, I've got a freaking space heater plugged in right now, and it's late June. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be. You know, this this is one of those things that, you know, having conversations. Th- these are people that discuss things with their kids. And I think that, I think that's a good thing, personally. I think that, you know, one of the questions that I wrote down is, um, does it mean that you're being soft if you parent in this way? I absolutely say no. I don't think so either. I, honestly, I think that I think you're. I think it's it's a it's a great way for your kids to learn maturity. You know, because you're you're actually letting them in on the why. You know, because I think that's a large part of the maturation process of, of a lot of people is, you know, they, they, they don't just do things off of instinct or off of, you know, desires or whatever. They do it because they understand why. The ramifications. Yes. Uh, and I think what that... What may happen as I, a result yeah, of the decision. Absolutely. Idea. I mean... I mean I mean, and that's the idea behind it, is you want, to, you want them to understand why they're doing something. You want them to understand why they're making the decision, why the decision that they're making is the rational decision, is the correct decision, you know, quote-unquote correct, whatever. Uh, now, obviously, your family's going to have your own ethos or whatever behind what you're trying to teach your children or, or whoever this is. Um, so you'll have to tailor that to um, whatever that is. You know, if if in your family it's, I don't know, <laughs> we hate cats. All right. But I want a cat. You know, Johnny wants a cat. You know, then, then all of a sudden you're in a conundrum. It's like, well, we don't do cats in this family. Yeah, our family doesn't like cats. Yeah. So, I mean, now you've got to be able to, if you're going to go down this, this road, you have to have the ammunition in, 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 in your quiver here to be able to have that conversation and potentially either accept the ramifications of, of what your child might say. Because honestly, this is, the, this is the other part of it. I mean, I think that critical thinking has a little bit of underlying respect for authority at the same time. Because ultimately, we as parents are the ones that make the decisions, right? I don't trust my kid to go drive me to work no. or go get groceries by themselves. Why would I? I want them to think critically, but I want them to also understand that I know the end result. And we're, we're probably going to arrive at that result. I'm just going to help you get there and understand why we're getting to that result. Yeah. So... Um Take a pause here for a second, because when I step back away from the critical thinking subject and wanting to be able to have these type of conversations with my children, you know, I sat back and I thought, well, when do I start this? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because in my, in my mind, I want to be ahead of everything. Mm -hmm. So is it okay to start it as early as possible? Do you wait until you perceive that they're more mature to have this type of conversation? And uh, 
were some of the questions that I had in my mind. Because you know me. I like yeah. to be ahead. I like yeah. to have a game plan. I like to, to, to be prepared before this type of situation yeah. comes up. And I found something uh, that I wanted to share with you. Okay. Um, according to Tony Wagner in his book, The Global Achievement Gap, he says the mastery of basic skills like reading and math maybe no longer apply. Mm. But instead, these critical thoughts and teachings about critical thinking and problem solving should be replacing reading and math. Agility and adaptability, mm. more important than reading and math. Wow. Effective oral and written communications. Curiosity and imagination, he argues, are more important than the yeah. basics of reading, spelling, and math. So um, when I found this quick article, it made me step back and think, why not start now? Why not start early, as early as possible? Because they're all our kids are always yeah. watching and listening to us anyway. Yeah. So start well, having those conversations as early as you yeah. can. Yeah, and you know, you saying all that, the, the imagination, the creativity part yeah. of it, made me wonder, it made me think of another question, and it is, is there a situation where you could get into one of these conversations and your child changes your mind? I don't see why not. I mean, that's now, that should be Now, the us. younger they are, you may not want that. You know, like, you may be more leading them in a little bit more of a certain direction and then kind of tapering it off as they get older, as mm -hmm. they're able to make decisions better. Like, you know, the 100-degree weather example. Yeah. You know, whenever, like, my son, if he's outside for, you know, 15 minutes, he's sweating his, his brains out. So if he decided he wanted to wear a sweatshirt outside, I would have that discussion with him, but I would have it in a way that I'm trying to lead him to, you don't need to be wearing a sweatshirt in 98-degree heat. I just think it's a good... Uh, but as he gets yeah. older, yeah. he may be able to change my mind. Well, Dad, you know, I, I just, I've got, I've got used to the heat now. It, it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to, you know, overheat or whatever. So I think that that's an interesting take on things. And I don't get me started on math and reading and all that. And our freaking generation has been sold the biggest lie that has ever been told with education. But we will get into that on another day, folks. Mm. But this critical thinking thing i think that there's something to it uh, do you think do you think that parents nowadays kind of do let a, let their kids have a little bit more freedom with their critical thinking about uh, decisions that are being made than like when we were growing up or do you think our moms and dads kind of let us figure it out too boy I, just for me i feel like we and maybe it was just because of the times, the mm -hmm. years in which we grew up with. I feel like we were giving, given more of the opportunity to learn on our own. Yeah. Um, it was, it's, it's a weird a balance, though. It's a fast-paced time now. Mm -hmm. So, like you and I as parent, young parents, we'd have, to, we'd have to make the time to have these type of conversations. Because if we're going about our daily lives quick 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 our parenting is going to feel more like what we're going to talk about a little bit later is just the no yes yeah. no well, okay I mean, and, maybe and with with our when we were growing up i felt like you know it's probably a like a like a percentage game you know 
is it 80 20 more towards critical thinking or 50 50 i felt like there were certain things and maybe this is kind of a general rule in, in general a general rule in general how about that a lot of generals hey, there maybe it's a general rule and admiral sorry bad dad joke dad joke mm. uh but anyways uh maybe it's just a rule that there is a a yin to the yang kind of thing you know, there's there's one that's counterbalancing the other because there's certain stuff that, I mean, the overarching theme is is hey, I'm still dad, right? If I do say no, you need to understand that I'm saying no for a reason, that there is a hard line, but I don't want to get too much into that yet because I know that we're probably about to uh, go into that that subject here pretty. Yeah, I want to add something. When you mentioned about, uh, is it okay to learn from your children? Hot. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I believe, and this doesn't have to be a conversation between you and your children. It can be between you and your peer, you and your spouse, you and your significant other. Um, I feel like it's just a best strategy to always be Mm -hmm. open-minded. Don't close yourself off to thinking that it's this way or nothing. Yeah. But just always have that. uh, I really firmly believe that, that our kids at this time are smarter than we were when we were younger. I think they, they're learning things as far as books, but again, don't get me started are on you, education. Are you going back to technology? Is that why our yeah, kids are advanced? I, I am, but, but I, and I think that they're, they are able to probably have more mature conversations than we were at, our, at, the, at their age, potentially, uh, just because they have more information at their fingertips and they're able to consume... Yeah information faster at a faster rate just because it's available to them at a, at a much faster like it like just m- orders of magnitude more than we had so yeah, um, I mean. but yeah i i agree with you i think you have to be open-minded to the fact that you might learn something from your child or your kid or your nephew or your niece or cousin whatever whoever we're talking about here because if we're not trying to constantly grow as people, I mean, what are we really doing here? You know, we don't, I, no one here is, is perfect. No, so, we don't so. have, we shouldn't think that we have it no. all figured out. No. We live life day to day. Exactly. You know, your goal should be make tomorrow, make today better than yesterday. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to ever accept the way things used to be as gospel. Right. So, I mean, I mean, there, there's been some times in this country where we did some absolutely heinous things to some other people. And we grew as a culture, as a society, to, to be able to, to talk to each other and to, yeah. to critically think about these ideas. And I think that that's one of the ways that we ended up, you know, being able to respect one another better. And I think that that's one of the, one of the, uh, one of the really the, the cornerstones of, of being a good dad is to be able to, to be agile, like you said, mm-hmm. to be able to be able to adapt. And I think our, we have to be able to nurture that in our kids, really do. But hard segue here. I think we're going to go ahead and, and, and move into our second segment. Before we do that, I want to make sure that we get in our latest edition of Noobs Knowledge. I don't know much, but I wanted to share some information with you today about someone that I grew up with, respecting. 
His name is Mr. Henry Hammering Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, this gentleman was born in 1934 in Mobile, Alabama. He had seven siblings. Um, Hank Aaron and his family, you know, they grew up in poor, poor times. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think someone of this magnitude would have had everything at his fingertips. But um, this gentleman, he learned how to play the sport of baseball by going into the streets. He used sticks and caps, bottle caps. That's how he learned how to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned through my research that he batted cross-handed. So for a right-handed batter, normally you would have your right hand on mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. Mr. Aaron... Left hand on top. I believe... <laughs> cack-handed is what some people... Yeah. Cross-handed or cack-handed. I believe I've seen Blake do this a lot in yeah. his putting. Yeah. But, uh, that, I did not know that. That's interesting. I didn't know uh, the cross-handed thing. I knew he used to hit bottle caps in the street, and that's yeah. why he, he said that his hand-eye coordination was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, he started his professional career in 1954 um, with the then-Milwaukee Braves. Mm. And his career lasted 21 seasons with his last games being played with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, this man and his family, as we know and have read about, went through a lot as he was pursuing his or having his baseball career and chasing Babe Ruth's home run record. Mm-hmm. I mean, the family and himself, they dealt with hate mail, mm-hmm. death threats all over a game. Wow. And uh, I'll tell you some of the highlights of his career. He, he ended his career with a three oh five batting average. For those of you who don't know baseball, that's really good over a 20-year career. That's yeah, I mean, incredible. Uh, the, what the average baseball player may may hit two hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, three hundred three oh five three thousand seven hundred and seventy one hits. Wow, seven hundred fifty five home runs, two thousand two hundred ninety seven RBI. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer in nineteen eighty two. In nineteen ninety nine, Hank Aaron. The Hank Aaron Award was created by Major League Baseball, given to the uh, top offensive player in each league. Mm -hmm. 2001, he was presented the Presidential Citizens Medal by um, President Clinton. 2002, the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Bush. 2016, he was presented the Order of the Rising Sun by the Emperor of Japan. Wow. There were so many other accolades and awards, not only as a professional baseball player that this gentleman was recognized and given, but Mm -hmm. just in society as well as a citizen. Damn. Just a Uh, great guy. But yeah, uh, today, news knowledge, we want to remember you, number 44, Hank Aaron. The Hammer. Man, that was a guy that was, man. he was respected by many because he showed respect to everyone. Absolutely. I mean, I know you've met him, but he just seemed like such a down-to-earth guy on TV. And when you would hear from him and talk, hear him talk, and he just seemed like a normal, just a normal guy. Yeah, I'll share with you what he, he told me and my family, if you want to hear how yeah. down-to-earth he was. Absolutely. So uh, when I was younger... 
I guess I was about 11, I had an opportunity to go and uh, tour the Atlanta Braves facility, mm-hmm. the stadium. And uh, we were in the dugout, or not the dugout, but the, uh, the clubhouse, mm-hmm. the locker room, if you will. And, uh, of course, myself and my family are going to recognize him. Yeah, being um, Braves so, fan, huge Braves fans. So we see him, and, you know, in any ways, you know, hi, Mr. Aaron, how are you? Mm-hmm. You don't want to go up to a celebrity of any stat and scare them and you yeah. know, run them How are you? And he, he stops what he's doing. I'm sure he's busy to the max, you know what I'm saying, being a part of the, the Braves mm-hmm. office at that time. Yeah. And uh, he turned around. Took a few moments to uh, to say, you know, he's doing great. How are you? This gentleman, he shared with us that uh, he was on the way to have a dental appointment. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's just, that's just, just like you were talking to some, just, just a talking, guy, right? Just talking to you like, hey, what yeah. are you doing today? Oh, I'm, man, I'm cutting my grass. I mean, Hank Aaron said, yeah, hey, man. he was about to be on his way to get his teeth cleaned. But he still took the time to chat for a moment sign a couple of baseballs for the family and mm-hmm. uh, just just to have maybe two minutes of that man's time where he just selflessly gave it to some stranger that was just walking around in the Braves clubhouse. Unforgettable. I think that's a pretty good word for him, selfless. I mean, he's he's never been the guy, the flamboyant, braggadocious no. guy. He's never been the guy that's been out there beating his chest saying, oh, I have 755 home runs, 300 lifetime batting. He, he's never been that guy. He's always, it seemed to me like he was always trying to give give back. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, all those stats that you were mentioning, I, I mean, it, people forget how great of a hitter he was just in general. I mean, what was the stat that no, he no. never had more than, like, was it 20 or 30 home runs a season? It was usually never more than 30. 30. Like, okay. he usually averaged about 28 home runs a season. But, man, he was in, up there a long the, time. The longevity though. of his career, <sighs> meaning that he, he, he did good things with keeping himself healthy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to – we'll talk about health and men's health on another show, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But yeah. the, uh, the maturity and the desire to stay healthy and to yeah. stay in shape to do something for that amount of – Time. Got to respect it. Yeah. Got to respect it. How about that for a segue? Respect. Respect. Respecting authority. Let's move into our second segment here. Got anything else that we need to button up there from the first segment before we get into respect? I mean, I think it's going to bleed bleed over into each other here. Yeah, we won't forget about critical thinking. I just, uh, what stood out to me in the research this week was trying to come up to myself with when can I start this process? And I think that a lot of the experts and and people are saying it's okay to get this going as early as you can have a conversation with your kids. Don't wait until they're 16. Yeah. Don't wait until they're 18 because guess what? They're At that point, they would have already formulated their own thoughts yeah. Around their experiences as right. they get to sixteen or eighteen, so it's. I think it's more right. important to have the conversations as early as you can. I think so too. I think get you're ahead. probably right, but uh, let, let's go ahead and get into the respect part because here, because I think now that we have a good foundation for critical thinking here, let, let's get into this respect, respecting authority, and, and let's get some definitions of that you got over there. But uh, so. What does what do you have? You have respect, or you have authority? 
I'm going to have, I'm going to have just a general definition of respect. Got it. Like no, no ties to it. Let's just define respect. Got it. A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Uh, so when you think about when we tie that back to respect for authority, so parenting in in the parenting sense, yeah, you 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 have respect or admiration for the fact that I am for in our example, I we are dad. We have lived longer than you. Our life experiences are greater, and you are. The respect part is that you you have admiration for or you have appreciation for our life experiences and that we would guide you in a certain way that would not cause harm to you. Well, in, I mean, we would hope because we, we get into are you trying to prevent harm or are you trying to push an ideology? Are you trying to push an opinion? Yep. That that is an interesting discussion. I think Bef- as parents, you have to take the ownership of I am the one that will protect you and that will guide you, which will then in turn command that respect from yeah. your children. So, but you've got to take that on first. You have to be yeah. able to sit there and say, I am responsible for your well-being, mm-hmm. for your survival, and I will take care of you yeah. to get that respect. Absolutely. Let's 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 do some examples of respecting authority. What would be a, a pretty um, straightforward example of for respecting well, let's, authority? Let's tie it back to let's go young. Yeah. So our kids are going to school. Mm-hmm. We got to instill upon them to respect the teacher. Mm-hmm. That is an authority figure that uh, arguably they will be around more hours of their life while they're awake. And even me, they're gonna be in. They're gonna be in front of those teachers. I think it starts there. You're getting me started on education again. Respecting but, authority. I, but I, I hear that's you. who they're gonna be in front of. No, so I, I agree. Here. I agree. I'm just saying that that I. It, it makes me think of my education discussion that I was having earlier. Just because, yeah, we're we're that that is the example pretty much for respecting authority. Teacher says no. She means no. You you respect that you accept it as as what what is right at that point. So, I mean, the idea behind respecting authority. So here is the slippery. This is the part I'm trying. I'm going to try my best not to go off on a tangent here, but I may. So, the idea behind respecting authority. Some would argue would be that, well, you're just making a bunch of worker bees whenever you respect, quote-unquote, respect authority. I see what you're saying. You're, you're, like, you're just getting people that are in line for the factory, clock in, clock out, but, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that um, I think today's society is moving at such a pace that critical thinking um, probably is superseding that methodology um, to be able to produce productive people. But, I mean, honestly, I think that there are, there's a place for it. You know, uh, um, I kind of feel like if you're going to weigh it percentage-wise, there's probably that 70-30, 75-25 respect, for, you know, critically thinking versus respect for authority because I think what it is is the respect for the authority is the backbone 
of kind of parenting. Again, we are dad. If we say no, we mean no. So there are folks, though, who say it doesn't matter. I know best. (laughs) If I say yes, I mean yes. If I say no, I mean no. No questioning. Move on. There are there are those out there. That's that's what some people would say is the idea behind it. And the, their idea is that you're creating a polite society or creating polite children. Which no one is saying that critical thinking, why does critical thinking mean that, does that mean it's that you're being impolite? Does disagreeing mean that, that I'm being rude? No. Or does me having a different opinion mean that I'm being rude? I think debating and having meaningful conversations about your point of view versus my point of view or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's healthy. I think yeah. it's healthy to bounce different ideas off of each other. Come to some common ground. Maybe uh, pick up on an idea from who you're having the conversation with and make yourself better. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's no hatred behind differing opinions. Yeah, so would you say that someone who does a you know um, primarily respecting authority parenting strategy would you say they're being too hard or too heavy-handed or too old-fashioned would you do you think that would be something that you would describe those folks as or do you think that um it's going to vary by specific situation i think it varies i think that um those that parent in that way were probably parented mm-hmm. that way so that's how um they would have learned that they're, they're parenting in the only way that they were parented mm-hmm. most times. Now, sometimes as fathers, wives, uh, mothers, sorry, mm-hmm. we can um, learn from how we were raised. And if we didn't like it, we could tweak it and, Improve and, upon and, it. and yeah. yeah, and parent in a different way. But yeah. for the majority, I think it's just kind of like that survival instinct that mm-hmm. we've talked about before. We draw, we we draw from our past, yeah. So we're we're doing what we were taught. We're just handing it down. It yeah. Just keeps so going down. that actually leads into: Do you think you know? Again, the same question: Do parents today do they use the respect authority parenting method more or less versus when we were young? Because I mean, I think another question is: There was there was a time when respect for authority was the way. Dad said no. That's it. End of discussion. Buck stops with him. Hmm? So I think. So do you think? um, Do you think that there's more or less, you know, of the respect for authority being taught as to our children from our the the from the over the years from our two generations, three generations. I don't have any data to to know this because I'm a very numbers driven person, but. and my gut instinct is telling me that more of us as parents now mm-hmm. are having more conversations with our kids instead of the that kind of instead of the no because mm-hmm. stone cold said so. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's it's we as parents we still have the override. Okay, we still yeah. have the ultimate decision power where yeah. we can say no. We're still the backbone, like we said. I um, just had a conversation with Blake and some friends last night that. I think it's very important to not to not 
kill the communication lines between you and your children because we've told you before that it's very healthy to have them want to come talk to you. Yeah. You don't want to be the parent that is just saying yes or no with no whys behind it. Yeah. Because then it's just like, okay, you're you're the judge and I, I'm not going to trust you to come talk to you. Anymore. Well, and, and once again, you're having that conversation with your child. And if you have that conversation and your child changes your mind, honestly, that's a proud dad moment. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, your your son or daughter makes an argument for something that y'all are having discussion on. It's like... I I can't argue that. That was very well articulated. It, it, it's very good points. Again, I still believe this. But if you think that, uh, again, if, if you want to move towards a different way, we can do it. But accept the consequences for those or the ramifications for those decisions. I think it's it's a very interesting conversation because I agree with you that just hammering home that I said no. That's it. Making a quote unquote making a decision and and that's final. That's that's not really uh, what what I think you want to project to your kids because I mean because the the final real question. Well, the second I got one more after this, but does it ha- it doesn't ha- does it have to be one or the other strategies or is it kind of how we were been discussing this far uh, thus far that uh, it's it's kind of a blend. It needs to be a blend. Because I, I've, I agree with you that up front, early on, we have to be that, that backbone that says, ultimately, it is up to us. But we are willing to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hate to compare it to a courtroom, but if you can make your case, <laughs> if you can make a good case, I'm willing to listen. You know? But... You know, overarchingly, we we just want our the best for our kids. We want to be able to, we want them to be able to grow emotionally. I mean, I'm sure every generation thinks this, but you know, I feel like our generation is screwing stuff up so bad that you know we hope that they they're able to fix it, you know, and take care of us whenever we get older, and we want them to be well adjusted and be able to rationalize things. Um, so, I mean, we're getting to that point now where our parents had taken all that time when you and I were young. Yeah. And now we are them when yeah. they were teaching us. So yeah. uh, we are about to have that opportunity to show our parents yeah. the fruits of their labors and mm-hmm. discussions. Are we going to be able to step up and take care of them now Yeah, that they need us coming up soon? Yeah. So, I mean, it, so kind of my opinion... I am by no means a parenting expert, but I am a parent. So is Bradley. In general, kind of my opinion on how it would all work is that early on, super early, super young, it is respect for authority very heavily weighted, probably probably 70%. I mean, your children... Because know. they don't, they can't even verbalize. No, they know who mom and dad are. They know mom I mean, and dad and Elmo is. That's who they know. So, and, but as they get older and they begin to be able to form some, some synapses in their brain and be able to have conversations, now I feel like it starts to shift more towards 50-50. And then as they get even older and older, maybe it goes to 70-30 critically thinking. Like you're, 
you make decisions more based on a discussion that you have. But that's what I'm saying. I'd rather them critically think around discussions that mm-hmm. my wife and I have had with them yeah. versus my children critically thinking based off of what they saw on Thomas the Train. Yeah. Or um, yeah, wrestling. Exactly. I mean, you still want still keeping to, that backbone of we yeah. are the parents and we're doing we are we have an overarching but uh, protection. Yeah, but for the it. only way that they can critically think based on what my wife and I mm-hmm. want them to critically think about is if and only if we are the ones that proactively step up and have the conversations with yes. them. Because if we don't... They don't know to have the conversation. Right. If we don't, as parents, then the children's only only option then is to critically think based on experiences that they've had at school, that they've had with maybe grandma and grandpa. Yeah that they've had with TV interactions. Well, and to be honest with you, kids are probably, with that being said, kids are probably afraid to have conversations like that. Because they, no matter how many times you tell them, mom and dad have been that age too. Mm-hmm. We've thought probably some, of them, some similar things. We've gone through some similar things. So you have to be the one to start those conversations because, like I said, they don't know to have them. So... No. And, and but what you were saying kind of leads me to the last question I have on the topic in general, and that is how important it is for you and your spouse or significant other to be on the same page when when deciding the kind of um, the path that you want to take, the kind of the weight that you want to place on one or the other, because I think this. Is one of is probably the biggest trap that parents fall into because one takes one route, one goes the other route. Oh, sure. The, and the then children, it ends up being pitted against each other because the children you haven't discussed a strat a parenting strategy based on that individual decision yeah. that's trying to be made. Your children can pick up and sense that mm-hmm. if you're not a united front on this topic or a discussion that you want to have with your kids. They can sense it. Yeah. They can easy, easily manipulate it. You know, well, well since, I mean, since mama, did, you know, daddy, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the example, right? Using the, 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 yeah. the sweatshirt in, in 100 degree heat uh, example. You know, you have the conversation with, say, my wife has the conversation with, with my son about it. They have the the actual discussion about it, the critical thinking discussion about it. He comes and gets in the car with me. I'm like, why do you have a sweatshirt on? Well, mommy said I could. Well, I don't care. I said, no, go put it on. Mm -hmm. That's counterproductive. It is. That's counterproductive. Now, that's a little bit of a different example. There's there's nuance there because that's a spur of the moment kind of thing. But in general, the example is, is you don't need opposing forces going against each other on those decisions. You know, particularly with these bigger decisions, I, I mean, you have a daughter, can I date Johnny, mm-hmm. who's 26 and I'm 18 mm-hmm. or 16, those kinds of things. It's yeah. bec- the bigger the decision, the more critical it is for everybody to be on the same page with a strategy on how that's going to be handled. Because honestly, there are, there are situations, I'm not going to discount it, there are situations where no is the right answer. And there is no discussion. You know, should I go get in that white van with tinted windows, you know, and a weird dude sitting in the back 
you know, with three other kids that don't look like they're even related? The answer is no. That's stupid. There's no discussion there, right? I mean, there, there are examples. I mean, there are limits. Should I jump off of this bridge? There, there are limits to, to all this, right? There's a certain line where the 30% or whatever percentage you weigh towards respecting authority kicks in, and it's mm-hmm. no. I'm pulling... I'm throwing my dad card down. But, but you know where we're able to get the, the, uh, the ability to have that answer of no as parents? Yeah. Because critical thinking. We've got to apply critical thinking in our lives, too. Yeah. It's not just for the children. Yep. We're supposed to be the superhero. <laughs> we're supposed to be the superhero here. Okay? So, man, that was a good discussion. I mean, it's, it's not I, over. I, I, yeah, I know it's not. It'll I think never this be is, over. This is literally a discussion that I think people will be having forever and always. Amen. I mean, we're just going to archive it. We'll come back to it because... Yep. Well, I'm sure for, we'll circle back. For I'm Blake sure. and I, I mean, it's not just about our children, but we need to keep it, yeah. keep applying it to ourselves. Absolutely. Too. Again, the discussion does not end. You continue no. to grow. No. So as this keeps going... We will probably, our opinion will probably evolve yeah. as the more life experience that we have. I mean, we would love to hear from you guys. Any comments that you've got, you could visit our Twitter page at the underscore dad underscore code. Leave comments there about, uh, about what parenting strategies you like. What is your kind of how do you weight critical thinking versus uh, uh, respect for authority? You could uh, leave your comment there or at, your, at our Instagram at the dad code podcast. Facebook at the Dag Code. I actually have an email address now too. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, the Dag Code Podcast at gmail.com. So if you got any comments or questions that you want answered there, you can always send those there. And always, as always, visit the YouTube channel, the Dag Code YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. 